everybody and welcome back to Action Action, the podcast that watches all the action movies and they go up on our big list. I'm John and with me as always is James hey, and Dustin. Hey. And today we have a special guest. Uh, today we have Jackson from the We Watched This podcast way over in Australia. Uh, welcome, Jackson. G'day. How are we doing, gentlemen? Oh, we're doing great, man. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's awesome. So before we uh, we get into our our standard like uh, what we watched or what we should avoid, uh, do you guys do you want to tell me just a little bit about your podcast and what's going on there? Absolutely. So our podcast, we watch this movie podcast, sits down and dissects the latest and greatest in film. As yourselves and the listeners can imagine, there's not much going on in film at the moment. So we're going back to some of the big hits from last year. Some of our latest episodes of covered movies like Parasite. Midsummer and the platform which only just hit Netflix plus we do have some action reviews on there and more coming up so we've uploaded reviews for Bloodshot which has to be a hard pass we've put one up for the Chris Hemsworth Netflix special Extraction and we've also got something coming pretty soon on Leon the Professional have you guys covered that yet we haven't done that one yet that's uh, another Luke Besson movie yeah that's right and that kind of well, I guess that kind of bleeds into today's episode. So that's a little bit about our podcast that's hosted by myself, at Marshall on Film with an underscore. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and of course on Letterboxd. And it's with my co-host at Dan Allen Movies. And I know Dan's pretty keen to to join yourselves in a future episode as well. Oh, that'd yeah, be that'd be, yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I was just listening to your episode actually on Midsummer before I uh, we, we did this. Uh, you were a fan yeah, I was a big fan. Um, I went in blind yeah. to seeing that movie, and that kind of blew me away. I'm not sure how I really stick it out for the, the 140 minutes, particularly after some of the gruesome imagery, and my co-host Dan <laughs> was not a fan of that movie whatsoever. In fact, on the rewatch we did to record the episode, he turned it off about an hour in. Yeah, I remember oh, hearing wow. him say that. I, I was shocked that he uh, turned it off. My oh, We turned it off the, uh, the first time I watched it. I watched it with my wife. She was not about it. Uh, I... <laughs> Uh, uh, I I personally love that movie. I think it's just beautiful and amazing. Um, but it was quite something to watch that movie like on the couch with he- headphones on during the uh, uh, the post uh, uh, sex mid sex scene. Oh yeah, the, all the wailing. Yeah, oh. that was that. That's something. That's. I don't, so I don't know if this makes. I don't know if it makes the best kind of date movie, but each to their own. Well, I think it defines your relationship going forward. <laughs> you're a braver I mean, man than me. If you can get yeah. past the sledgehammer scene, then then you're gonna make it. I think. Well, I uh, I think the sledgehammer scene just sets you up for the uh, for that whaling scene. That whaling scene is that is something. I loved it too. But did you, so? Did Dan? Did he like Hereditary? He did, yeah. I haven't seen Hereditary, um, which I know I've got to get to it. I don't know how I've seen Midsommar with not, with, with, with not watching that. He loved that and then hated this. Oh, that's surprising. I mean, I mean, they are, they're not the same movie for sure. They're, they have different stuff going on, but I'm kind of surprised just because they are both like out there, like just kind of crazy horror movies that have, you know, the, he's got a new sort of style he's bringing to stuff, but uh yeah, I don't know. I, I would have I would have assumed if you liked one, you'd like the other, but that's interesting that you didn't. I would say that Hereditary falls more into like uh, what you expect, like out of a 
a story structure for a, yeah, but it kind of gets crazier and crazier it, as it's it, going. It does get crazier and crazier. I shouldn't it, say it, too much because Jackson's. But, uh, but well, it kind of falls more into that kill list style of like things kind of get wacky. Um, whereas yeah, and this <laughs> makes no sense to me. I haven't seen yeah, either. Yeah. So. <laughs> Midsummer. Uh. Midsummer is like the ultimate slow burn of just fucked up shit. Yeah, like done in like the it, brightest of daylight. Dan described yeah. them as night and day, and he didn't quite realize what a pun that was. But it, ma- oh, it, so it, much it is, yeah. But it makes a lot of sense. Where from what I've heard and how he described it was, Hereditary kind of sticks to a lot of those genre c- conventions. It's still very visceral and confronting, whereas Midsummer is far more disturbing. He said it's not as he, he said that it's it's not as scary as he would have hoped. But I think it's much more of an uncomfortable watch, and I prefer that kind of horror, something that's really unsettling and kind of kind of grips yeah. you, and you're not sure what to make of it. That works best for me. As someone who like is into like hearing about cults and shit like that, <laughs> Midsummer definitely scratches yeah, it. It's itch. kind of its own subgenre in horror at this point. The, yeah. the cult, uh, the cult thing, yeah. Yeah, but beyond that, uh, let Jackson, why don't you go first? Is there something that you've watched in the past, like maybe week, that you want to say has been amazing, or something you want to say, just stay the fuck away from this? <laughs> yeah, all right. Have you guys watched the Netflix series Russian Doll? I've been meaning to. I haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, right. I, I started watching it. I, I, I have not finished it. Okay. I started that about a week ago and ended up binging it over a couple of days. I'd been putting it off similar to yourself, Dustin, where I'd heard great things about it and just another one of those Netflix TV shows that where the hell, hell am I going to find time for it? But I loved it. Um, kind of a feminine take on Groundhog Day, written by Amy Poehler and Natasha Leon, who stars in it. And I have to really recommend it to you, gentlemen. At first, it seems little, little hipster, little, um, a little too quirky, but it does rope you in. It's really strong acting and smart writing, and only eight episodes, about twenty minutes each. So if you're looking for something quite lean and you're not ready to dedicate twenty hours of your life, perfect. Yeah, I've been. I really want to watch that, uh, it's, and it's been out for a while now. It just keeps getting kind of pushed back. Netflix just pumps out so much stuff, and I just cannot keep up. But uh, yeah, definitely on my to watch list for sure. What do you guys recommend, Dustin? Uh, I see. I watched uh, this new Hugh Jackman movie. It's an HBO movie this week called uh, Bad Education. Oh yeah, I, wa- I watched that too. Oh, you watched it as well. Yeah. With uh, Allison Janney as well, uh, Ray Romano is in it. Man, he's been g- doing a lot of good stuff lately. Ray Romano, surprisingly, uh, I thought it was really good. John, what did you think? Did you like it? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I think it was really well done. Uh, Hugh Jack- one of Hugh Jackman's best performances, I think. I think Hugh Jackman is one of those underrated, overrated actors. Uh, I think he's underrated for his really great stuff, and he's overrated for stuff that maybe he you know is not that special uh oh what do you mean this is about the school board that embezzles money or something like yeah that? it's based on true events uh but i i wasn't super familiar with it, like what actually happened so i was kind of glad glad i went in blind not knowing what the outcome yeah he's really good uh i forget the actress's name the the high school student Oh yeah, um, she was in Blockers, but I can't yeah. think of her name either. She's no. been she she kills it. She's uh, she was in in that. She was also in uh, I think she was in Booksmart. Was she in Booksmart as well? Yeah, I think so. Uh, she's she's really great. Yeah, she was good. Yeah, it's uh, it was really well done. I thought like, you know, a lot of these sort of 
bio it's not really a biopic i guess but true story you know they can really be hit or miss for me uh but this one i thought worked really well on a lot of levels i liked how they showed his character to be on one hand he was actually good at his job but also he was like this corrupt person like that had all these secrets and stuff so i don't know made it interesting Hugh Jackman's got a bit of a knack for that, doesn't he? He's this really handsome bloke, but he also has this kind of shit-eating grin side where you look at him and you're like, fuck, I just want to hate this guy. <laughs> yeah, like he's charming, but maybe he's a little too charming. Yeah. Well, yeah, and he's also incredibly talented in just everything he does, whether it's like <laughs> singing or like he's just, he's so great at everything. Right, he can be the greatest showman or he can be Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not fair. Yeah. Well, hey, there's yeah. a, he's, an ex, he's an expert from your country, is he not? He sure is, and he actually yeah, is go. from our country, not someone like Russell Crowe, who we simply took across from New Zealand, but no one cared about them until Lord of the Rings anyway. Oh, wait, so Russell, is Russell Crowe really Russell from New Zealand? Zealand? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was originally a Kiwi. And uh, someone else that. who sometimes get, gets confused for being an Australian, Sam Neill. Oh, okay. I definitely thought he was Australian. Yeah, no, he's a Kiwi as well. Well, that makes sense, because he's in the... Uh, he's in those Taika the... YTT movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. So you really hate those New Zealanders, though. <laughs> Let's get that beef going. Calm, calm down. <laughs> beef might not be the word, might not be the right word for it. Maybe lamb. The New Zealanders are uh, quite notorious sheep herders, but maybe we don't need to go into I, that. I think that uh, oh, wow. there is a comparison. Uh, people do compare Australia. Uh, how do they? What do they say? I, I've heard that um, Canada is to America as New Zealand is to Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that, so, that sounds about right. So maybe we, I mean, maybe you're you're picking a fight with the wrong people here. <laughs> hey, I'm not picking a fight with anyone. You, 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 fell, you fellas are trying to put a narrative here, and it's not there. Okay. Any right, any Kiwi so, listeners uh, on our podcast or yours, please don't send me hate mail. So we watch this hates Canada and, <laughs> and New Zealand. New Zealand. Uh, they love America. Uh, huge Trump supporters. What, whatever uh, gets clicks, all right? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, hey, James, did you watch anything? Uh, so I continued the Last Dance. That's the Michael Jordan uh, puff piece, basically. Right. Um, it's interesting because, you know, I mean, everyone knows about uh, Michael Jordan, but uh, it's interesting to hear the backstories and his relationship with teammates and yeah how sometimes it gets pretty petty but uh it's interesting it's i think it's a espn like the 30 on 30 yeah they usually do a pretty good job so so um over there i mean my being naive here is is like something like michael jordan is he a big deal well known there in australia yeah absolutely michael john's easily one of the biggest sports stars of all time um but it it is an interesting question about nba and basketball over here it's still quite a big deal here in victoria in particular we love the afl the australian football league um and that's also known as aussie rules which i have heard of it being played in the u.s i'm not sure about canada maybe if you went to somewhere like whistlers then you might see quite a few aussies talking about aussie rules when when uh when we were in high elementary school we Mm -hmm. used to play a game called aussie rules but we just that's what we called it we didn't know if it was real <laughs> it wasn't the real it wasn't the actual the, talk me through play, it. it it was so all it was was it was played on a uh, like a soccer pitch um and it was you had to pass the ball forward and there was no other rules 
yeah, I think I think there was a kind of an understanding, at least when I was a kid, that if you said Aussie rules, it meant there were like no rules. That meant there were no rules. So you could do anything. All you had to do was you had to, you had to pass the ball forward and you had to kick it at the end. But other than that, you could hit, you could do bite, you could do anything else you wanted. Bite. It was it was no rules. It was it was just straight up like a bloodbath. John, you, then, you've uh, hit the nail on the head. That's Aussie rules. When I, when I was in grade seven, at the great. end of grade seven, so for where we where I grew up, where where the three of us grew up, uh, school went from kindergarten to grade seven, and then uh, eight to twelve was high school. Okay. Uh, so when I was in grade seven, we were banned from playing it. It was it was too much. A kid broke his arm. And uh, they said you're never gonna play said, that Australian sport to... again. Yeah, you can't play that game anymore. <laughs> I was really, it was fun. It was, it was really good. I was fast, so I was good at it. And uh, and uh, it was a sad day. Yeah, it's a, it's a fast football sport. If you're much higher north here in Australia, in Queensland, for example, where we have Brisbane, rugby is really big up there. Rugby league and run rugby union, which are two different codes, and rugby is very similar to gridiron or the nfl over in the u.s except they don't wear any padding or helmets yeah so we people, still have rugby here yeah too. there you go so people people are off to getting injured in aussie rules and rugby because no one in our sports wears any helmets i'm not sure about biting though but we're not like what do you got there you got what's the australian rugby team called the wallabies <clears throat> the wallabies and then is the new zealand one the um black something yeah the all blacks yeah, wow, yeah, this yeah. guy. This guy all of a sudden apparently knows all about rugby. Fuck me for taking interest in uh, our friends. <laughs> Fucking shit. Uh, so what I got hockey? nothing. Hockey's huge in this. Yeah, you guys right? want to talk about hockey? <laughs> <laughs> you guys know Wayne? You know Wayne Gretzky? Look, I've heard of Wayne Gretzky. If you could get it to Eric... snow here or get it cold enough to play hockey, then then maybe I'll Eric maybe I'll get an interest. It's twenty twenty, man. Fucking build a rink. Uh, so I, I have uh, nothing to 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 avoid this week. I I have been watching and I because I forgot it was back. Um, sorry, it's not Australian, but uh, it's be. what we do in the shadows is back. The TV oh, show. Yeah. Do you guys anybody watch that? Yeah, I'm I'm up to date on it. Uh, so I'm one I, episode I behind. Uh, fucking, fa- it's a fantastic show. I really love it. Uh, yeah, nothing else to say. I can't. There's nothing even to explain about it. Like, it's how can great. you ex- how can you explain an episode of that show? Well, I mean, the concept it, is so goofy that it has to kind of work, right? Yeah, it's a mockumentary about vampires. They're living in, I think, New uh, Long Island, Staten Island, I think. Yeah. Staten Island. I don't know. One of those fucking American cities on the East Coast. Uh, yeah, it's something <laughs> that's great it's great Dave, uh, uh matthew barry is in it who's a oh he's uh, a he's a fucking treasure isn't he he's great yeah. that that Man, that, that guy that guy has just killed it and been underrated for so long like you guys must love dark place right uh what's his name ferengi Ga- what is- Ga- garth marengi yeah ferengi garth star trek Fren- right garth marengi right, star Frenchy, place yeah yeah. Yeah. If you haven't watched that, I haven't watched the oh. whole thing of that. I've only seen a, a couple episodes. But oh, it's it was great. so ahead of its time. You got to go back and watch it. It's hilarious. I think the first thing I saw him in was the uh, IT crowd. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
He, yeah, and then he, I watched him in Snuffbox, um, and then he's in the Mighty Boosh. Like, oh, was he, he just, in the Mighty Boosh too? I'm pretty sure. So he popped up all over the place. Did you guys see Toast of London at all? Yeah, I was I was watching that. I it's one of those shows where I dipped in and I haven't like gone back. But he's like the main focus of that, and it's he's pretty great on that. Yeah. Uh, well, should we? Well, time for transitions. Transitions. <laughs> what a, what a so, smooth segue. So, na- so natural and organic. Transitions. <laughs> transitions. Is it? Is this the part where you play the trailer, right? Well, in a second. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna drop. We're gonna drop. You can't, you can't rush John. He's gonna. He's gonna. <clears throat> we'll get there eventually. Uh, so you, uh, Jackson, you you brought this movie to us. You picked it. Uh, why don't you introduce it and then roll the trailer? Sure. What would you like me to get into, gents? You want, do you want me to tell you about the movie? No, no just, just, give, just say give the name synopsis. of the movie and then say the name of the movie and then say, "Hey, James, roll that roll that trailer." <laughs> All right, let's get right into it. The Fifth Element. James, give us the rundown. Every 5,000 years, remove the shield. When the three planets are in eclipse, the black hole like a door is open. Evil comes, spreading terror and chaos. There's nothing that can stop this. There is only one thing. Perfect. The Mondachi one have in their possession the only weapon to defeat evil. Four elements gathered around the fifth. New York City policeman John McClane is visiting his estranged wife and two daughters on Christmas Eve. He joins her at a holiday party in the headquarters of the Japanese-owned... Bi- Have I got this right? This guy. Uh, this... That, you're talking about something real special and holy now. And, and this making, guy is... This, this, chuck, of... this, this chucklehead over here. <laughs> I heard you guys were funny. All right, I'll try again. I've, all right, I've got it for real. All right, here we go. Thief extraordinaire Hudson Hawk has just been released from prison and all he wants is a nice cappuccino. Oh, However, before I can save his... Have I got it right? No. Man, Close I enough. Do, I gotta say, I do like Hudson Hawk, though. Yeah, <laughs> we should watch that. We, I might be... Contra- controversial us, opinion. Dustin, you like it. I remember liking it when I was a kid. It's been a while since I've, since I've watched it. I liked it. it when I was a super, super like intoxicated 20-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same, about the same level of. <laughs> okay, this is All your right. last chance. Let's try it again. <laughs> this is your last chance. In the 23rd century, the universe is threatened by evil. The only hope for mankind is the fifth element, who comes to Earth every 5,000 years to protect the humans with the four stones of the four elements fire, water, earth, and air. An alien spacecraft is bringing the fifth element back to Earth, but is destroyed by the evil Mangalores. However, a team of scientists use the DNA of the remains of the fifth element to rebuild the perfect being called Lilo. Let's leave it there, otherwise this synopsis could go on for another 10 years. Yeah, we had a, we had a friend on once to do Point Break, and he had... How long was his synopsis? It went on for like five minutes it, or something. Yeah, it went on pretty long. Like it was pretty much like, all right, movie. I guess that's it. That's the episode. Yeah, we don't have anything left to talk about. <laughs> 
So, so why uh, did you choose this movie? Why did I choose this? Great question. I wanted to talk about a Luc Besson film because I feel like nowadays he doesn't get a whole lot of love despite really kind of revolutionizing some of the action genre in the early 90s by having a lot of style over substance and just by having just by doing things very visually differently to how they were done in the 80s and kind of influence a lot of what we have now today. There's not a great amount of, you know, hand-to-hand fight choreography in his films. That kind of stuff would get big later with some of the Indonesian flicks like The Raid and things like, uh, what am I thinking of here, IP Man. But I, I kind of just have a real nostalgic flair for this film. And even though it didn't quite hold up on this rewatch and probably isn't the best action film, sorry, gents, it's still a really fun ride. Oh, we've done much worse, <laughs> film, film-wise and action-wise. I mean, yeah, I actually, saw... I actually found this movie enjoyable. At, yeah, I had fun after a rewatch. Yeah, it was a lot funner than I remember it being. I yeah. can't say it's necessarily uh, great, but it's fun. I well, think. no, but yeah, and, and, and once you've watched uh, X versus Sever, I mean, <laughs> it's all uphill from there. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, I have seen that movie. Um, I'm sure oh, that would make for, for an interesting interesting podcast. That's that's worse than the bottom of the barrel. That, that's like scraping that's the, the bottom yeah. of a barrel that's been dried out from alcohol and acid and everything else that's had poured under it. In fact, so, how, how does that even exist, the, really? So you have to understand, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not gonna, I, well, I don't know what you know about where we live, um, but like. Oh, my God, was it filmed lots, there? Lots of movies are filmed. It's filmed like, in Vancouver. Yeah. 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 So like we we watch a lot of films and we just like literally see our like not our city because we don't live in Vancouver but a place that we know really really well. Um, we're like no, we're not even a suburb of Vancouver. Uh, we're not part of the. We're just an hour, we're an hour outside of Vancouver. Yeah, we're forty five minutes outside of Vancouver. That's that's um, pretty close. It's yeah. really close, um, but. Uh, yeah, so that's that movie X versus Sever is like I remember we when we recorded that episode, I had just literally been in multiple locations that morning for work. But that didn't help make the movie any better, did it? No, it was terrible. <laughs> so when we watch a lot of these movies though, it's like we're literally like it's like LA and it's like, oh no, that's like down the road <laughs> that's like the library or <laughs> i just listened to your episode on the matrix and if you watch the matrix that was filmed in sydney now sydney is right. not quite near where i am but it very much looks like sydney in that movie there's only so much uh green you can kind of tinge the film reel with or kind of dress the sets it still doesn't look like new york it doesn't look like but- wherever it's meant to be set so i know exactly how you feel x versus sever though that doesn't look like anywhere where it's meant to be i don't know where that film's meant to be taking place aren't they must be going like across different i don't continents? even remember it all looks like we're shot in oh Canada. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you ever watch something that takes place in the pacific northwest it's it's bc pretty it's much yeah. yeah but fifth anyway element. fifth element this takes place on uh, <laughs> well, Brooklyn. Our, starts out on Earth. Yeah, uh, I love the way this movie starts. Like it's really fun. It has this like Indiana Jones meets I don't know the Mummy kind of like. <laughs> yeah, I was getting Mummy vibes for sure. Like it's kind of like like, like yeah. it's it's fun and funny and like it's real loose. And I I, I don't know I really I, I really enjoyed the way this film started. I haven't seen this movie in in quite a long time. 
Uh, so to like for it to like start off that way and me to not remember it, like I don't know, I was I was kind of in right there. Yeah, it sucked you right in. I I forgot that Luke Perry was in that opening <laughs> scene for some reason. <laughs> Man, what a what a fucking heartthrob that guy is. It was R.I.P. Oh, oh come. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dustin. <laughs> Just drag it right down. <laughs> like fucking COVID nineteen isn't sad enough. You gotta remind us that Luke Perry died recently. That guy. That guy so. had like fourth billing for five minutes. I was. Yeah. I was. I was yeah, too no young doubt. in nineteen ninety seven, but he was obviously the shit back then. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess he would have been coming off of Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero, but he didn't ever have like a giant movie career. Uh, so, eight I seconds, guess. motherfucker. Eight seconds. Yeah, that was where he was a rodeo, uh, rodeo cowboy. A, Cowboy, yeah. Yeah. That sounds like can't miss. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like well, I forgot was... it existed until John brought it up just now. <laughs> Most recently, he was on Riverdale. Yeah, he was on the Riverdale show, yeah. Now that shit is shot like 10 minutes from our houses. Yeah, that, literally, yeah. Is that is that the, the knockoff Twin Peaks? Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. like Archie it's like if it was Twin Peaks, yeah. Really shitty Twin Peaks. <laughs> I see a lot of people loving that, and it's kind of like, come on, yeah, just, no, go, just, go, just go back 30 years, and you'll get something much it's, better. It's not good. It's really bad. Have you watched it, John? I've never actually watched it. I started watching the first season, uh, and it fucking sucked. That <laughs> people show, love it. Oh, man, that show is, is, is shit. It's such trash. I know people that have, that have binged that thing like three or four times now. Been to like, oh, where wow. it goes? I know, right? What, what? I said they've binged it. Oh, binged it. Oh, they yeah, binged yeah. it. Oh, Sorry, that's no. that, that's my real harsh Australian accent, right? <laughs> no, so, yeah. Uh, und- undecipherable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that show fucking sucks. Don't watch it. And don't trust someone who loves it. <laughs> Great life advice from John. Thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah. You learn Stay something new yeah. every day. I love those big robots. Like, once the alien ship comes down and those giant... What are they called? I can't remember the name of them does, in the movie. Does, but these... does that happen in, in Riverdale? Yeah, the giant uh, yeah. robots so they look like ducks. <laughs> the robots come down. Riverdale. Well, the thing is, uh, the, 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 like that's that's like a, like a hundred years ago, and the movie <laughs> takes place three hundred years from then. So, right. like, in the in the middle, Luke Perry is a uh, he's Archie's dad or some shit in Abbotsford <laughs> in fucking Riverdale. Yeah, but yeah. You're, those you're, those uh, machines are those aliens. They actually, they remind me of uh, that Super Mario's Brothers oh. movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're totally right. The, those guys. What what were they? I don't even know what they were called. The, the Koopas? Go- the Koopas, yeah. Koopas, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they looked... <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> so I was actually, like, they, they had a real opportunity to lose me at this point, And I actually thought they did a really good job. <laughs> Well, I with, think all, uh, that, all that stuff, like the costumes and the sets and stuff are really fun. And, and Yeah, they're fun. They're, they're I mean, a lot of practical almost. stuff still at this point, like even though there was some CG for sure in this movie. You got like, you know, those Mangalores or whatever they're called. They they had the makeup and costumes, like actual yeah. practical the, stuff yeah. on. The, the practical stuff in this holds up much better than any of the CGI. I went into some behind, behind the scenes in the movie and $80 million of the budget went just to visual effects. That was the biggest at the time. I'm sure something like The Matrix a couple of years later probably blew it out of the water. But yeah, in 2020, the the practical stuff really holds up. In fact, all the, all the alien design is sick. 
Yeah, yeah. I would say what you're really seeing is you're seeing Luke Besson, what he wants to do, come through in this film. And he actually, like, nails it on this... Is this his first go at something like this? Yeah. At a sci-fi movie, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he, I think he kind of does it better in this first movie than he's going to do... Then he's done. Then he's done it since. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think but it almost... was he. He wrote this when he was in high school. I think it was, and it didn't get made till he was like thirty-five or something. Yeah, thirty-eight. I think. It was. I think. Thirty-eight. Yeah. So he yeah. already had the vision in high school. I would say that, like, as far as the, like, the effects and everything goes, like, we talk a lot about how much we love practical effects, like. How they're yeah. like, this, they're like they're ti- when they're done really well they're like timeless yeah and um in this movie I think it really shows like it really shows through like how great everything looks how it's it's not too much and uh, he's probably restrained by like budgetary reasons and by like the time of the, the as in like the year but it worked he out to, to like, his benefit I think because yeah. you look at other movies from this era that were doing sci-fi things. Like, I don't know, off the top of my head, Lawnmower Man. <laughs> I'm picking that because they use, they try to use, like, CG. And they're doing it at a point when, you know, it didn't look good then, but it was something new. Well, I think another and... one that sticks out, which was, released, which was released in the same year, was Event Horizon. I recently watched that was for that the, the first same year? time. Yeah. yeah, I watched that for the first time as part of a double feature with Interstellar. Um, as both of them deal with black holes, so that was one hell of a of a movie night. <laughs> that is a, that's a weird double feature. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, they they both have that same scene where they explain how you go through what um, how a black hole works, where they fold the you have your pen and paper and you fold it. They literally yeah, have the yeah. same the same thing. Anyway, um, and the practical stuff and the set design in Event Horizon is amazing, and it's the same here as well. Everything everything looks great, but some of the visual effects they're kind of the ambition just kind of it's too bit too far reaching this is yeah, kind of exceeds. a wild year 1997 for uh, like sci-fi movies i'll just give you a quick rundown of like just a couple yeah um we've got we've got gattaca starship troopers men in black event horizon contact cube oh. uh alien resurrection mimic uh the lost world uh the oh here we go classic banger the postman uh, <laughs> is that the one with I mean, is that the one with Kevin Costner cucks the guy? Yeah, that's Kevin Costner just like handing out fucking mail. <laughs> but actually, you know, the first chunk of those you listed off were pretty pretty decent movies for the most part. Uh, also Face Off and uh, Batman and Robin. No big deal. Batman and Robin. Oh, oh, Batman yeah. and Robin. Great. But it's a pretty it was a pretty good year. I mean, this is kind of the end of a a certain genre of sci-fi films. Yeah, this is kind of the end of the 90s where studios just gave money to directors to make whatever the fuck they wanted, right? Because no one really knew what was working and what was sticking, so just whatever the most outlandish idea is, here's 50, 60 million and go make it. Whereas then The Matrix mm. kind of comes out and everything's just a bit derivative after that. Yeah, right, everyone's trying to cop The Matrix style after that. But the the thing about this movie is, like, Basson, I think, really had a crazy cool vision for this like it doesn't look like other sci-fi movies like the design is very different like the architecture the costumes makeup all this stuff it's bright and colorful like it just uh sticks out as being something different in the genre even now looking back 
I think a lot of the credit there goes to Jean-Paul Gaultier, who worked on that costume design, and he ends up getting quite high billing in the in the uh, opening credits before the prologue. Right, and he was a comic uh, creator, right? No, he was the he's the famous fashion designer. <clears throat> oh, sorry, I'm thinking of uh, the guy who there was a guy that he had hired to work on this that that did the Valerian comics that he ended ah. up adapting later on. Um, although I think he got sued by this guy too for this movie. <laughs> So Luc Besson made he he wanted to make the movie really really bright and colorful because he was tired of seeing all these sci-fi movies that took place in like dark dingy spaceships. So he wanted it all to be shot in like the sunlight basically, like really bright. Yeah, I mean like after eight, it's the same as you're saying Jackson about Matrix after the Matrix came out, a lot of movies copied that. I think after Alien had come out there was most sci-fi movies were trying to emulate Alien for a long period of time, so he came along here and did something a bit different. Yeah, for sure. I guess very similarly, right? Alien kind of blew everyone away, and that was done. That was certainly done on a budget, and it's probably a lot easier to produce something when you're just shooting down hallways rather than trying to put together something at massive scope. Yeah, that's actually a really good point uh, about how like this does go out of that that tiny like Alien style sci-fi. Um, you know, like everything's coming at you. Everything's very tight. It's like confined. Uh, this really blows everything up, right? Like you're seeing a whole world, but a different world and multiple worlds and things are bright and vibrant and it, it but it still like pulls you in a little bit, like as a, as, as you're, as you're watching it, like it, you don't get lost in it. No. It's kind of cool. The world building they're able to do even just visually because I guess originally he wanted this to be a trilogy, but instead he just kind of condensed it into one movie. So it's sort of surprising that it works as well as it does. Not that it's flawless or anything, but um, but there's all these little details that kind of do pull you into this world. Like when Lilu, you know, when she first escapes out of that lab when they've recreated her and she's standing out on the ledge and you see all these levels of the flying cars in traffic in new york like that there's just so much going on it's kind of awesome and it kind of makes you like that's one thing i actually wouldn't have minded seeing a sequel to this because i want to see a bit more of that world i want to see like when they go down below the fog line and they're in this kind of trashy under part of the city um like it'd kind of be cool to explore some of those places it'd make a great comic yeah, I mean, I think he was super inspired again, again by, I can't remember this guy's name, but the guy who did the Valerian and Laura Lee comics. Um, and uh, Mobius as well, both French long-running comic book uh, creators. Uh, I think they both worked on this movie, helping to design the visual elements. But uh, Pierre Christian? Yeah, yeah. I think that's his name. It, it feels very lived in. Yeah, like that's, right. a, that's, a, that's a real credit. Even when they go to the the space hotel later on, it yeah, it's those little nuances, those tiny details that do add up to this to this um really fun picture. It's probably it is a, it's certainly a lot better than the sum of its parts. Just quickly, so they make Mila Jovovich, uh, Jovovich and she escapes from this lab. How do they produce her from this duck alien race? How and, and how is this alien race the perfect being when they can't even outrun this closing Indiana Jones door? I mean, they die. Yeah, I mean, they're waddling around in these uh, giant outfits. <laughs> I mean, they look 
pretty cool just because it's something so visually different. But yeah, like practically speaking, doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, well, I don't think they use any kind of weapons or anything. They're more they're peace. They're peaceful. They're yeah, they're peaceful. I think. Well, but she's a weapon. She's like a living weapon. No, but she's not a part of what they are. She's just she's just maintained or or she she exists and they know like she's not. Well, they keep she, her though, like. But she's at, but she's outside of them. Right. That's I don't like, think she's. I don't think she's the same race as them. No. I, so. I, I think how they how they create her is like, it's the technology from Face Off just in the future. Fuck yes. <laughs> that's that's how I get there. Face Off. Fuck yeah. Everything comes back to Face Off, right? You guys want to talk about yeah. Face Off for a little while? <laughs> What did no. you think of that movie? I can't say I listened to your episode. Uh, it's I think fucking amazing. John yes, loves it. It's, James it's and I trashed John. it a little bit. I fucking it's love a, that yeah. movie. Dustin and James, you are so wrong. <laughs> oh, the face waterfalls are a little it, too but, much. Oh, but watching so it now, there's so many ridiculous it's, things. I mean, they, so, the, the fact that there's a boat chase. Oh, yeah, the boat yeah. chase yeah. is tight. Like, yeah. by, the, by, that, by that point, it's like, what are we watching? No, this, yeah, it's, well, per, it's, a, it's a perfect movie. It is perfect. <laughs> a perfect I love it. Movie. <laughs> it's fun. Perfect. It's another fun movie. I mean, uh, the Cage it, performance alone is worth. Uh, I mean, it's John Woo's best movie. No way. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's great. Hard Target. Hard, hard Target is his best movie. Hey, oh, yeah. Have you seen what about Payback? Have you Payback's seen Hard? Isn't it? Payback with Ben Payback? Affleck. Yeah, <laughs> and Uma Thurman. No, I, I saw uh, that in the theater. I don't remember it at all now. I don't think anyone does. <laughs> Payback. It's, I don't it, remember. it's hard boiled, you guys. Is the answer is the correct answer. What about the killers? Yeah. Killer. The killer is good too. The killer. Yeah. It's uh, be anyway, hard uh, quit trying to uh, distract us um, <laughs> with this face-off talk. Uh, yeah. So the the movie pretty much we we didn't really get, even get into what the the plot is of the. Or like the, <clears throat> sorry, how how it starts off. Pretty much, you got you you start off three hundred years before the finale. Uh, you've got a guy years from the finale. Yeah, yeah before whatever. Um, you know, there's this alien race, and they come to this fucking pyramid, and yada yada yada. Take and the stones. Yada, yada. That's a good explanation. <laughs> uh, how is this going to be a trilogy condensed into one film? Like the plot is so thin. Yeah, the smartest part that the smartest thing that he ever did was make this one movie. Yeah. The plot is thin, but there's a lot of elements going on. Oh, <laughs> no. oh wow! It's a quadrilogy. <laughs> there does seem to be a lot of moving parts, though, in this one movie, despite the fact that the story is fairly simple, good versus evil kind of thing. Well, the problem is, is that you don't really truly understand everybody's in like what's their intention, like what's their why are they doing anything like and, and certain characters aren't introduced until like we don't see gary oldman's character almost until almost like i think it was like i clocked it at like 45 minutes or so into the movie maybe even a bit longer yeah and then, and, then, and then he disappears for about half an hour yeah <laughs> yeah he, well, uh, his, his deal he wanted to cause he wanted to cause more destruction because what that's going to lead to more enterprise there's it's going to lead to more people having to work to clean it up but when that destruction yeah, means destroying basically. the whole universe, like, come on, mate, yeah. what were you thinking? I'm not sure he. I was. I was thinking about that last night because I've never. I don't think I ever really cared about it when I watched it when I was younger. It doesn't make any sense from his perspective. But I guess he must. have... Did he literally think that Mr. Shadow, 
um, was just an actual like person he was having business dealings with, underhanded business dealings with, and he didn't understand that it was like this evil entropy force. Like I don't. Well, really... how does how did Mister Shadow call on the telephone? <laughs> well, he used the radio. The what are you? What did they say? He's using the radio waves or whatever. They yeah, that they just said he's he's it's making a call somewhere. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fucking, That's fucking enough. Cool. Kids in the yeah. Kids in the thirties made radios out of crystals. So <laughs> there's sure a Mr. lot of Sh- there's a lot of weird things like that in the movie that don't really make a lot of sense. Like, what is this evil ball of? <laughs> yeah, <what>? this <laughs> the storyline is complete dog shit. People like leak. <laughs> people people leak like black goo yeah. like, from their heads. When from they, their yeah, head, so yeah. that's a good point. I thought that guy was dead. Who, that the, fucking well, the general with the thin I think mustache. The, I think we're meant to think the general guy died. No, the, the he, general. The general got frozen. He got frozen in um. No, he in, he, in, oh, in Butch College's apartment. No, that's, that's the same a, that's guy. That's a different guy from from the beginning of the movie when it shows the ship that uh, isn't. You know, he's talking to the president, yeah. played by Tiny Lister, and he's yeah, confronting that's a different the ball. guy. Wait, that's a different guy the, than the guy that goo, comes to Bruce Willis's the goo apartment. Comes out? Yeah, yeah, that's a different guy. Wait, and then wait. That's another white guy. And then that guy gets frozen. <laughs> it's another old white guy. But that guy gets frozen. Yeah, he gets frozen, but it's yeah. like a Looney Tunes but, cartoon. He comes back he later comes and back. he's fine. Yeah. yeah. I thought yeah. those were all the same guy. It's just like a gag, you know, like, ah, uh, he's got frozen. Or like in Looney he, Tunes, you get blown up and you just have black soot like on your face, even though a dynamite had, stick went off in your hand. He had the thinnest little white mustache. Yeah. I didn't they, like they, that. Didn't care for that. Didn't care for that. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys have the same have the same thoughts that I did? Where I couldn't remember any of these actors' names, but when I watched this again, I was like, "Fuck, that is that's it's that guy from the Fifth Element." And if I could see them in anything else, I'll be able to picture him from the Fifth Element. I couldn't yeah, tell you anyone's names, an but they all look so distinctive. The oh, the guy who was the the lab technician who brings Lilu to life. He, he looks real familiar, but yeah, yeah. I, I right? don't know why. Yeah. Uh, that's a great little moment when the he's got the black light on and he gives that grin like when he's about to <laughs> do that experiment and he's like oh this big grin on his face and he's glowing i did like that scene uh uh where they're like talking about how it's they're not human or whatever or they're not natural and then the, it shows them and they both have like like effervescent like eyes their eyes are yellow do you guys remember that are you talking about the same thing that I was yeah. just talking about? Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I like that. You're talking I, about the I, same I, I thing. I thought that was really fun. Dustin is our also Jackson. Dustin is our um, know-it-all when it comes to <laughs> actors. Uh, Not necessarily. James and I are very much. Uh, hey, that guy in that thing. Well, <laughs> I'm very much the. I haven't seen it. Yeah. I've never heard of it. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know anything. Heard of it. Yeah, and I'm like, handsome white guy, black hair. Piercing eyes, you piercing know. eyes. He was in that. That's thing what they all. That that's I, what all the podcast listeners say. They say he you was have in piercing that eyes. that I liked. No, I'm not saying I am dipshit. <laughs> you're you're I'm all very insightful. That's how I talk. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. not. I uh, know. Dustin is. Dustin is very uh, knowledgeable. Well, maybe so, at one time my brain has gone to mush after I've watched yeah. too many movies. So I like everything that happens in Bruce Willis's like apartment or his like yeah his little condo his little unit yeah that's pretty yeah. cool. I mean all the technology and all the you know like the cigarette with the filter that's really long and then 
um, just everything. There's the, so all many the little details of things. That yeah, are just, and so many. There's little funny, just funny little bits that they throw in. I like Gary Oldman's snuffleupagus elephant thing that he has <laughs> in his desk. What the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But there's just funny shit like that when he's got the robots are all coming out of the walls and his shirts are shooting out of the desk and all this weird shit that Bassan is just throwing in there. Um, pretty fun stuff. Yeah, it seems to be much more of a flushed out world in his head than it is narratively. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, you get all these fun little things that you're seeing on the screen that, for me, I would have wouldn't have minded if they had done a another part. Apparently, he's been talking about doing a sequel to it more this recently. Goes, but this goes back to he could write a mean comic book. Yeah. He should just stop trying to adapt comic books and start writing <laughs> comic books. They can be incredibly lucrative if yeah, you get on with the he, right he, publisher. He doesn't he hasn't brought it all together in terms of this kind of movie anyway. Like you can like Jackson, you guys are about to do the professional. That's probably as close as he gets to to greatness. Yeah. He keeps trying to put in when he does these types of movies, like he he's got so much he wants to put in, it feels like. Like did any of you guys watch Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets? No, I haven't seen no. that. I haven't no, heard great things though. Time for there, that shit. Yeah, I mean, it's again, much like this movie, it, it's narratively, it's very terrible. Although I've seen Taken, it has even less charming performances in it than Fifth Element. You've seen Taken, yeah. Um, but visually, it's worth. <laughs> I'd say it's worth watching because there's so much crazy shit he's throwing at the, at the wall to seeing what, what will stick. Um, that is kind of fun in a way to watch, even though you, you at the end of the movie you're like, well, that was, like that was shit. But there was well, so much awesome, weird, nutty crap happening in it. How did this get made? Just did. Well, they didn't just do Valerian, but they uh, they just released Valerian for the first time. Right, they had an episode from on that, yeah. behind the paywall. Right. Did you listen to it? Oh yeah. Yeah, I listen to it. I also have Stitcher Premium, though. <laughs> Humble brag. I can afford. I can afford that. I'm rich. I'm rich that way. What, what What's hiding behind your paywall, gentlemen? <laughs> Absolutely no, nothing. fucking nothing. <laughs> we give it all out for free. Yeah, like suckers. Yeah. You bunch we'll, of losers. We're, we're willing to pay people to listen to this shit. <laughs> yeah. You want five bucks and have the, the, our fucking Patreon an hour is that and a half? we send money out. Yeah. Um. I think Mila Jovovich, or is it Jovovich? I don't. I I've always thought it was Jovovich, but you said Jovovich, on, Jackson. On I said Jovovich. On this side of the. Uh, oh, yeah, we say Jovovich. We say Jovovich. We say Jovovich. She is fucking great in this movie. Like. Yeah. She's yeah, so she's fun. Great. She's got great comedic timing. She's got like the physical stuff that she needs to be able to do is there. Um, there's she has, has like she a. Has she real... ever been bad? Has she ever been bad though? Uh, oh, you mean like has she ever been bad in a movie? Yeah, I mean, like she's always just kind no, of no, but been... she does a lot of bad movies, I think. So it doesn't help her. Um, yeah, n- name one bad movie. Yeah, no doubt, dipshit. <laughs> well, we did Resident Evil on on this oh, podcast. God. Which uh, one? Yeah. All of them? <laughs> just no, the, first the first one. one. <laughs> uh, and they, well, debatably, they get worse from there. Oh, so. they get they get much worse. Here's the thing about that though. It's like I'm just guessing uh man she got fucking paid for those movies oh i'm sure right 
Plus, she was married to the Wasn't director. she married to Paul W. Wasn't Sanderson? She? They must have oh, been no, making wait. those just to, uh, just to embezzle what? money somehow between the two of them. I, like, who, who, want, who movies, wants to watch those them? Those movies make money somehow. Yo, it's Who's kind, going? kind of interesting, them. though, is that, yeah, so, oh, okay, first of all, do you know who she was married to in 1997? I wonder. Go on. Take a guess. <sighs> um, it might be someone else in 1997 who had the same blonde hair as Bruce Willis. Uh, it was Luke Besson. Yeah, exactly. If you if you want to look up an image of how he looked in 1997, I wonder why Bruce Willis yeah. had bright blonde hair in this. And then she so married. Wait, did, Paul... did they get married before this movie or like she after was married... it? I don't know. She was married to Luke Besson from 97 to 99. Okay, that's a short then, one. Then then she married Paul W S Anderson. Right. In, and then in they made six Resident Evil films. Okay. Now, did did but... she trade up or did she trade down? <laughs> I think it's a lateral mm. move with more money. <laughs> but if you think about this, now this is kind of interesting. What's that fucking werewolf like in Underworld? Okay, so Kate what's Beckinsale. her fuck? Kate Beckinsale kind of had the same thing. Yes, she was married to the director of those movies. Yeah, right. But she married him, Len Weisman, mm-hmm. from two thousand four to two thousand nineteen. And, oh man, what the fuck is happening? There's like, I think, five of those, something like that. So I, I feel like we just national treasured onto something. It's like a, it's <laughs> like a... we just, like we just discovered something. If we can find the original script for both of these movies, we might be able to open up a portal. You're starting it's to like sound a... like Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You've been huffing too much paint here, John. Well, maybe. Okay. All right. Well, you know, pop. <laughs> Karen Karen There is no Karen Um, Yeah well I think it's like a I guess it turned out to be smart partnerships For both couples right They they married their star (laughs) And they managed to make They managed to make all these movies that made a bunch of money That was a That was a smart career move Jackson are you married (laughs) Not yet no, so uh, we, the three of us are, um, I will not go to, to my other. wife and say, this is a smart partnership. Uh, <laughs> That's I what they like... want to hear, man. No. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Luckily, uh, my man. wife doesn't listen to this podcast, so. <laughs> Your wife also makes more money than you, so I guess this is oh, a smart partnership. Yes. partnership for you. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Good career move. Good career move for you, Dustin. You gotta think about these things, guys. Otherwise, what do you uh, do? So anyway, <laughs> just, so James, <laughs> James, uh, do you have a favorite scene in this movie? Like I said, I, I kind of like all the scenes that happen in his apartment. I like. Uh, I, I would say there's not like one set scene, but it's kind of just a bunch of little scenes. Little moments. How about that? Yeah. How about that tweaker who tries to rob him at his uh, door? <laughs> yeah, his I like. <laughs> I like that. Give me the cash. Was <laughs> So I have a question. Was that thing on his head, was that supposed to be reflecting It was a the photograph. Door? It was a photo hallway. of the of the hole. So yeah, that when they the when he, if you look through the peephole yeah. then he went okay. Yeah. I, I, that's what I thought. I wasn't sure. It's a, it's pretty smart. <laughs> Uh, I like how he just has like a rack that comes down that he's got a whole bunch of random guns that he just puts puts I don't like think those gun were, on there. I, 
what I got from that was that they weren't random guns. They were guns that he's taken off of other <laughs> yeah. Yeah. muggers. Yeah. Other yeah. But that was his like like ugh. Here's another one. Put that one away. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I do like all the stuff with Chris Tucker. It just kind of makes me laugh. <laughs> Ruby Rod. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, here's another character that we don't meet until like at least halfway into the movie, right? Chris Tucker, man. He's so, he, he's so polarizing. Didn't everyone hate hate him when this came out? Well, well everyone loved was... him for Friday, right? And then mm-hmm. I think there was still some goodwill there when this came out. But this is definitely like you either love him or hate him in this. Like he's pretty obnoxious, right? Yeah, but his career like took off after this, right? He had Friday. He was like kind of more of a like not underground, but like lower budget. Like people loved him. Uh, and then he did this, but then he went on to do the Jackie Chan movies. Rush, yeah, Rush Hour. Hour. Rush Hour. And then he Those was were a big huge. Deal. He and was then... huge, but did he do anything other than Rush Hour, really? No, he the got blackballed. Oh, right. What did he do? Uh, he demanded too much money. Yeah, yeah. For some stuff. Right. He wouldn't do anything. He, he, From what I remember, uh, at least the story goes, is that um, he wanted way too much money to do a bunch of stuff. And right. people were like, we're not going to pay you to do that. And He's living he off that of, rush hour money. Yeah, and then he kind of just like went away. Like he, It was the same thing that happened to, what's his name, from um, Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. No, the guy who beat <laughs> Oh, Terrence women. Howard. That's the guy, yeah. Oh, yeah. Terrence he, Howard. He, he yeah. Got, he got the, um, did he win an Oscar or was it an Oscar nom? And then he just went to his head. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, he got a nomination he, for Hustle and Flow, right? Yeah. yeah, but he also had a huge, like, baggage from... There's always been stories about him being abusive and stuff like that. And then he asked for way too much money for Iron Man, and then Iron they Man were too, like... Iron Man 2, yeah. Yes, and they said, go fuck yourself. And got Don Cheadle he, in there. And they got Don Cheadle and, you know... All right. Don Cheadle's better anyway, so... True. <laughs> I'll agree with that. Yeah. Uh... Scene that you would take out of the movie, James. Scene that you. Am have... I just getting all the questions? Yeah, they're all for you, buddy. Okay, well, I'm gonna. Sk- okay, I'll come back. I'll come back to you. What? Uh, what about Jackson? What's your favorite I scene? Have, I was gonna get to him. <laughs> hey, no, I'll take over from now. All right, that's fine. By <laughs> I'm me. just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's it's hard to pick out a favorite scene because this the movie really does play itself really fast and loose with the editing. We're smash cutting from one from one plot line to another. Sometimes they disappear for half an hour. Um, I love the action set piece just after the opera. So when we get, uh, it looks like maybe fifteen or twenty minutes was cut out here. All of a sudden, Bruce Willis goes from wearing a suit jacket to being torn apart like he's John McClane again. I guess it really is Die Hard in outer space. Um, and then all of a sudden, there's explosions, there's grenade, there's machine guns. Probably that point, I was really waiting for some massive action to happen, and I was so glad it did. Although I have to also give nods early on to when um, Lilu ends up falling into his taxi. There's some really yeah. great um, practical work there, like when the police sh- shred apart the taxi. Awesome stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, probably I... my favorite sequence, the taxi uh, getaway. I was going to say the same thing, Dustin. Like, that's my favorite scene in the whole movie. Like, it, I mean, it's it's kind of like this, like, good and bad thing that it happened so early in the movie like it draws you in it draw it drew me in i'm like i was like totally on board but it was also kind of disappointing because that was my favorite like set piece 
I do like the bit that Jackson's talking about, like when it all goes kind of crazy towards the end and you're getting a much bigger scale of action there finally. And you're finally kind of feeling like the Bruce Willis of Die Hard is in this movie all of a sudden. Like he's looking pretty cool with that laser pistol when he comes out and just shoots like eight guys at once or whatever. <laughs> so there's some cool shit there for, for sure. Plus his, his negotiation when um yeah who yeah. is it it's lee evans before he went on to do mouse hunt and some other stuff other stuff he something says something oh, about I'll... mary oh my god how did i not think of that what the fuck yeah massive um yeah and and he says he says to uh john mcclain oh well um i'll, I'll try negotiating and then anyway so butch coolidge walks in and then just shoots the alien leader in the head bit of a deus ex machina but by that point in the movie who really cares <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean it's it's not almost the kind of movie where you'd even want to hold that kind of thing against it because it's just so goofy and I don't know all this stuff going on is kind of bananas at that point it's kind of the point yeah this this movie really does earn a lot of uh favor with the audience of letting a lot of stuff go by being as fun as it is and pulling off so much of the stuff that shouldn't work yeah, and and, there's actually a surprising amount of funny shit, like stuff that I still thought was funny, which I was kind of surprised. Like, I thought, uh, you know, from 97, the jokes would be kind of dated. And maybe they are, but I don't know. I laughed at most of them still. Uh, like the Lilu, I mean, the Dal- Lilu Dallas multipass stuff. I mean, gold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all the people pretending they're Corbin Dallas. Like, that stuff's all pretty funny, I thought. Uh, would this movie be better if Nicolas Cage was... The per, uh, uh, what's the main, What's the guy's name? Corbin Fucking Dallas. Corbin the, Dallas. The the protagonist, or maybe the yeah. antagonist. I, yeah, yeah I if he was I, the I, Gary Oldman role, maybe. Oh, that would have been oh, something. That would have been awesome. Uh, what if that was John Travolta though? <laughs> no. Boo. Okay. No. <laughs> John Travolta sucks. I, I I like Gary Oldman in this. He's pretty f- fucking great. Uh, but man, I I wouldn't mind seeing a Nicolas Cage take on it either. So, yeah, I'd see a Nicolas Cage take on this. Playing both characters. Brothers. <laughs> separated. Bro- <laughs> yeah. They didn't know each other. Well, it's oh, it's kind of disappointing that we, don't get, that we don't get Zorg and Corbin Dallas facing off at the end there. It kind of makes Zorg feel like a big afterthought, considering we don't really know what his motivation is. But if Luke Besson was looking for a reason to put Gary Oldman in this movie after Leon, then fuck, I'm not going to complain. Yeah, it's true. You never get any on on screen confrontation between the two of them. They don't. In fact, I don't even know if they're even aware of each other in the movie. No, right? They, like, they don't. Sh- they don't share any screen time. It all kind of feels like it was it was shot separately, which it probably was. Again, can't really complain. Yeah. yeah. He gets fired though by by Korg because he I mean, he gets that notice that he's been let go. It says yes. At the bottom, Korg Industries or whatever has fired you. Because and there's that scene where he tells his assistant. Just fire like a million people or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. His stuff is pretty fun. Uh, the you know his stuff where he's showing these guns, which also I think those. Hey, John, how did you feel about those guns? Did they rank on your stupid gun list? <laughs> John so has a thing know. for. I hate. I heard. I heard. I was guns. waiting for this. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean they're not my favorite, but no, they did. They weren't. They didn't ruffle my feathers enough to. I think they're actually pretty cool. I think I think they they work for this movie. Uh, If you know, if this was in like fucking Cobra or some shit like that, I'd be like, this movie, this fucking sucks. 
But, so would uh, that make Cobra better or worse? If these if these guns were in Cobra, yeah. Oh man, I'd have questions. <laughs> like I'd be like, what is going on? As I on recall, here? you already didn't like the gun in Cobra, right? Because he had that, that handgun with that, that special laser in... scope on it or whatever. Yeah, that gun in Cobra can suck a fuck. <laughs> Uh, Blade is another one you didn't care for. Uh, no. What was something we did recently, though, where you didn't like the gun? I thought there was one. That, oh, Cyborg with Van Damme. Oh, man, that movie sucks. <laughs> have you seen Cyborg, Jackson? I have not seen Cyborg. Should I oh, have? Oh, man. No. No. No, no, you don't need to watch <laughs> it. Skip that shit. What about, what about the guns in Guns Akimbo? Uh, well, those are, ah! those, are, those are just kind of normal, except they're, like, yeah. bolted to him, right? Yeah. I'd say that movie you can probably skip, though. Did you watch that one? No, I haven't got, I haven't got around to watching that yet. That released here in Australia um, just, as, uh, just as COVID came in. Oh, that is a New Zealand filmmaker, too, isn't it, though? Uh, I can't think of his oh, name. Oh, yeah, yeah, though. yeah. He did Deathgasm as well. Sounds uh, like a classic. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, Deathgasm. So how come all the good... Uh, Filmmakers are coming from Australia. Well, they're from not. They're coming from New Zealand. That's what I meant. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you Guns, have, hey, Guns well, Akimbo's well, we, got some fun stuff in it. We should say, though, I think that uh, Australia does hold our number one movie on our list. That's right. Which Mad Max is it? The newest one. Yeah, Fury Road is, is still number one on our list. It's been there for quite a while now. I yeah, gave I'll that movie. That. I gave that movie straight tens. Yep, yeah. I'm right there it's, with you. Uh, it's that movie is that movie fucks. I mean, it's gonna be pretty hard to get that, that off. Thing, is that the... a thing you guys say in Australia? Well, John John Wick came pretty close, didn't it, James? To in fact, didn't well, John Wick tie, it. but we had to, we voted that it would go second. Yeah. Yeah, which I disagree, but <laughs> as is your right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have so many questions. Like. Have you seen this movie, Jackson? Have you seen this movie? <laughs> Maybe save them for another episode. Uh, I guess we should finish up talking about the well, fifth if, element, if, though. If you want to talk about problematic, is Bruce Willis constantly laying a kiss on Mila Jovovich not a bit troubling? Like, surely back then, it's a little disturbing. Well, she's yeah, well, very she, much she, the... She stands uh, up for herself right away. She puts a gun in his face. And... What's the name of... The, what's the... Well, Pixie Dream Girl? Yeah. Ma yeah, Manic Pixie Dream Girl. She's very much that. Uh, right. Uh, f first, too, when she doesn't speak any English. And she's... I guess she actually learned... Like, her and Luc Besson made up a language. And, like, I think she learned, like... I can't remember how much they said. Maybe 100 or it's so like, words for it. It was 400 words. 400. Pretty impressive. Yeah. And so she sounds like she's actually saying something, right? Even though it's just a bunch of... To me, it's a bunch of gibberish. But. It, it probably sounds like how I do to you gentlemen right now. <laughs> just exactly Bad? the same. Yeah, I'm just confused no, right yeah. now. Yeah, oh, what are you saying? Uh, English motherfucker. We, we hadn't even it? mentioned uh, Ian Holm is in this movie, a freaking Bilbo Baggins. OG oh, Bilbo I, Baggins. I, I, didn't even, I didn't even make the connection to Bilbo. I just kept thinking Ash from Alien. If we're gonna have a big sci if we're gonna have a big sci-fi film in the nineties, it has to have someone else from a previous one. You know, you think of like Galaxy Quest with Sigourney Weaver. Right. And yeah. then you got Ian Home from Alien. Yeah, they brought him back for this. <laughs> Very different role for him from Alien. He kills it here. Yeah, he's funny too. Like 
Yeah, I mean, this is almost more a comedy than it is anything else. Because you think about all the scenes, there's all these jokes in, like, pretty much every scene. Um, yeah, there's a lot of comedy in it, for sure. And I thought most of it was funny. <laughs> you know, there's the scene later, too, when Mila Jovovich finally gets to do some hand-to-hand, where she's flipping around like a ninja, fighting those, what are those aliens called? Like, like Mangalores ma- or something? Mangalores, yeah. Um. I wanted to like that scene, but it just wasn't shot that well, I didn't think. Like, it wasn't a super exciting... And even that scene is played for jokes, right? Like, almost a Three Stooges kind of... She's getting ready to punch the one alien, and oh, and then she punches the one behind, and and then yeah. punches the one in front of her. And, it was a lo- uh, I remembered it a lot cooler as a kid. It definitely yeah. doesn't hold up now. Maybe, maybe that's kind of the, the John Wick effect, where now we're kind of in this post-John Wick world where you have to have the most amazing fight choreography on film or we just don't really give right. a shit anymore. Like, it was yeah. actually... It was a bit lame, although, hey, she does some cool cartwheels and handsprings. That stuff kind of works. But these aliens run up to fight her one by one, even though they just walked in and shot everyone down and massacred them. Oh, no, we'll fight her hand-to-hand. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> The one thing I did like in that scene when it shows all the different aliens coming in is that the different detail in the faces of these different aliens. Yeah. I don't know, a medium build guy. <laughs> and then you have like a larger build guy, but like his whole face is completely different. Like playing ice it's hockey the... on NES. Yeah. <laughs> right. The small guy, the medium guy, and the big guy. And the big guy, yeah. So this movie came out in uh, the week of May 9th to 15th, week 19, domestically of 1997. Uh, you guys want to take a guess at where this movie landed in the top 10? Uh, Three. Six. I'm going to say Ooh. two. Ooh, interesting. Well, there's two movies, two new movies in the top 10, and this is one of them. Right? There's this movie and a movie called Father's Day. Oof. Father's Day. Father's Day was was that a Steve Martin or something like that? No, you're close. That is a uh, Robin Williams Billy Crystal joint. What is that? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Father's Day. A woman cons two old boyfriends into searching for her runaway son by convincing both that they are the boy's father. <laughs> Sounds like a classic. Oh, Who was watching just... that in 1997? I'm going to tell you this, not as many people as watched The Fifth Element. So is Fifth Element number one, then? Fifth Element is number one. Yeah. So this oh. movie comes in at number uh, at number one. Um, that week fa- that it came out. That yeah. week that it came out. Uh, Father's Day. Oh, it. Yeah, Father's Day came in at number two. Uh, Breakdown. Oh, Break- Kurt Russell? Breakdown. Yeah, have you seen Breakdown, Jackson? Oh, that's the one with, is it J.T. Walsh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yes. Great I, movie. I haven't, I haven't watched that in years. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can picture the poster right now with Kurt Russell in the glasses. And yeah, it's a, that, that's an interesting watch. Good thriller. Yeah, that was the previous number one. Uh, and then you got Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. <laughs> nice. Volcano, Liar Lighter, Volcano. Murder at 1600, Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion, Jerry Maguire, and rounding up the top 10 was Anaconda. <laughs> Anaconda. Man, we've got to do that on this podcast. What a time point. to be alive, guys. Yeah. It's always fun looking back when you do these, uh, what was the top 10, looking back and being like, oh, why, yeah, what a weird uh, window that was of whatever combination of movies we see on the. I feel like. So a- was this a box office success or. 
Uh, that's a great question. I'm looking at it right here, and it doesn't look like it. Uh, it debuted at number one, but then it tanked after that. It looks like estimated budget was $93 million. It made over $260,000 worldwide. Uh, that's, well, okay, worldwide, but what did it do? Domestic, North American. That's yeah, the, I thought you don't count worldwide, John. We I'm don't count. Sorry, we can't count the Australian <laughs> ten votes on this. <laughs> don't, don't. We, we really, we really don't contribute to much of the worldwide gross anyway. So it said you it can said it made sixty three thousand. We go. Here's a th- well, interesting thing about either. worldwide. Uh, Canada is actually part of America when it comes to domestic. Yeah, we count. Yeah, for some reason. Oh yeah, right. We're just sucked up into that fucking <laughs> shithole of a country. Hey, America, please listen to our podcast. <laughs> do not come visit us. We do not want you. Was that... we, didn't, we didn't talk about the very end of the movie when they have to bring the four stones and set them up and she's going to shoot the laser beam out of her mouth. Wasn't everybody bored at this point? It's, it's a pretty pat ending like, oh, the, ki- you know, the kiss is what unlocks her, her powers or whatever. I thought um, I thought the scene yeah. where she learns learns about war and some of the kind of depravity of humanity. I could have sworn that happened a lot earlier in the film. It kind of right, feels like well, that you... they that it gets ham fisted in to give her to give her some kind of internal conflict. But by that right. point, it's a little too late, right? Is that the scene? Is that separate from the scene where she's learning about martial arts? Yeah, that's yeah, it's earlier. afterwards. Yeah. And, so... and so I think she gets interrupted there. So she can't finish. Right. She has only learned up to letter V or something. Yeah. yeah. So then she has to come back. And it's just really ham-fisted and, like, fucking preachy. Something I would do. <laughs> but, again, it's, like, one of those things where I had a good time. So it's like, yeah, whatever. Stupid ending. Okay, sure. Whatever. Fine. <laughs> yeah. I'd say overall it's a pretty fun movie. Yeah. Should we look at our uh, our ratings? Well, who uh, Jackson, you picked the movie. you want to say what your numbers were? Yeah, sure. Do you want me to go through each number individually? Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, sure. Why not? Done. All right. Now, I'll just caveat this with... I feel like I've kind of bashed this movie throughout the hour or so we've been discussing it, <laughs> and some of these scores are going to reflect that, but it'll come together by the end. So, the plot, we've said it's pretty trash. It's a 4 out of 10. The action and kills. I remember this having a heck of a lot more action. And even though I like that set piece at the end and the taxi chase, it's got to come in at a three. The pacing, this fucking rocked by. This is a nine out of ten because this just blistered through. And I think that's what really worked to kind of grip us in. Quotes and tropes, it's coming in at a six out of ten. I think I feel like a lot of what um, Chris Tucker says in the second half of the film rolls. And hey, we've already touched on that a lot of the comedic stuff works, particularly with Mila Jovovich and Multipass. My personal reaction is a 7 out of 10 because it is really fun and the um, it really is a whole lot more than the sum of its parts. So that's a total of 5.8. That's awesome. 5.8. Uh, I felt similarly about the pacing. I thought the pacing was really good. James, I see, as usual, you did not care for the pacing in this film. It's pretty slow. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> he says this about every movie, so... <laughs> what do you every want, James? What do you movie. want? He wants the raid um, every time. James fucking James has a porno version of pacing. He like wants to pop in, pop out. He's like, he's um, 
to me, a great action movie has no love interest, no no life side story. <laughs> uh, to me, that slows the movie down. This movie doesn't really, though. Yeah, it has some of that stuff. There, there's the that interaction. Down. Right? Come on, when does it, it get? Does when down. does it get slow? Christ. When they fly at on the, the be- plane at the beginning, at the beginning, at the end, it's slow. <sighs> yeah. First of all, I'm with James. Actually, I think this movie is kind of like drags a bit. Really? Hey, James, just give out your what are your ratings? I'm gonna go uh, plot seven. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> Action kills five. Uh, pacing five. Quotes and tropes six. My personal reaction seven. So overall six. All right. All right. I'll go, Dustin. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna say my plot's a six. Kills are a five. Pacing's a six. Quotes are a five. My reaction. I enjoyed this movie. It's fun. Uh, I was watching it with actually my three-year-olds, and they really liked it. So oh, yeah. they were into it. I figure if a three-year-old's like excited by the visuals, that's something. <laughs> uh, so overall, five point eight. Uh, okay, my plot was six kills. I gave five action. Um, I gave it five. I gave it half marks because yeah, there's not a lot, but the stuff they have is is pretty decent. Um, pacing, I had it an eight. Quotes and tropes, I had it a seven thought the jokes were pretty funny and my reaction was a seven as well so my score is a 6.6 so we're all pretty close yeah we're all in the same ballpark i mean that's it's not bad i mean we have a 6.1 overall uh that puts it in a tie for 57 58 59 with die hard 2 mission impossible and demolition man wow wow that is that's very similar we got some similar films with demolition man and die hard 2 hmm yeah, so Jackson, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you think. Where would this movie land for you? Would you put Fifth Element ahead of all three of those movies if you had to? Like, because yes. they're in a block? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yep. so he's being ahead of Die Hard. Dustin, go ahead. Uh, Bruce Willis versus Bruce Willis. I I think I would have to put it behind Die Hard 2. Uh, no, I'd put, it, I'd put it behind Mission Impossible as well. Personally, I like that first one better than the at least the second one anyway. Um, but I'd probably put it ahead of Demolition Man, I think. Demolition Man's pretty fun, too, in a weird, stupid way. But um, I think this movie's a little more entertaining than Demolition Man overall. Yeah, I'd probably agree with Dustin that it would go ahead of Demolition Man, but behind Mission Impossible. Oof. This puts me in a pretty tough spot, boys. I'm going to go with uh, with my cohorts there. I'm going to go with James and Dustin. Oh, sorry, Jackson. <laughs> and I'm going to say this movie goes behind Mission Impossible, ahead of Demolition Man. Uh, Mission Impossible is not underrated. It's <laughs> <laughs> getting an argument about Brian De Palma here. See, what you don't, what you fail to understand, uh, Jackson, is Brian De Palma, here we go. he brings, he brings <laughs> this uh, slow burn. No, I'm just joking. Uh, no, I was fucking with you. Uh, yeah, awesome. Well, that makes it our new number. Fucking <laughs> fifty-nine. Fifty-nine. Burr, 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 burr. You know what that means? Ten away from sixty-nine. <laughs> putting that out there. Nice. Hey, six, sixty-nine—a big deal in Australia. Big deal here. Everything's a big deal down under. It's it's That's reversed right. though, right? It's ninety-six. Oh yeah, you guys love ninety-sixes. <laughs> Yeah, if you're a verse 69, you get 96, right? Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Down, yeah. Below the hemisphere. 
Equator. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was fun. Uh, that goes pretty far down the list, I guess, but it's still a fun movie. I think everyone should watch it. And... Well, we, we, we all gave it quite high marks with our personal reaction. So I think yeah. that kind of speaks to the film. That's true. The other numbers kind of take a hit in some of the departments, but but personal reaction, everyone liked it. It's also hard because we're I mean we're getting into the close to a hundred and you know hundred and fifty movies now. You know we're we're getting we're working our way there. That's a lot of fucking action films to watch. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like, like, how, how, many how, many, how many sci-fi films have you got on that? Oh, uh, there's quite a few on there. We've done Aliens. We've done uh, both term the first two Terminators. Um, the Matrix. Cyborg. Is that well, we just Cyborg. Yeah, <laughs> we did Edge of Tomorrow recently. Uh, have there's you seen Tombstone? <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. That's, a sci-fi it movie. That's, that's place, the one that it, Kurt Russell directed. Yeah. Yeah, it takes place in yes. this like like alternate reality where there was cowboys. <laughs> That sounds very far fetched. On a hollow deck. This is the point of the show oh. where John's humor gets more and more obscure and, and odd. <laughs> it's like the end of <laughs> SNL. Yeah, right. They save those sketches for the end. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say uh, thank everybody so much for listening. Um, thank you, Jackson, for being on the uh, on the podcast with us. We we really really appreciate it. Uh, I really want you to say again how people can listen to you what's going on and uh yeah what's up with you john james and dustin it's been my pleasure being here if you've enjoyed what you heard and i really hope you did i know i probably wouldn't but each their own i guess if you really enjoyed it then i want you to check out more of our work at we watch this movie podcast where you can find us on apple podcasts spotify Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube, as well as reach out to us on our Letterboxd, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at We Watch This Podcast. We currently have a new episode coming up on The Hunt. Have you guys seen The Hunt? Uh, yeah. yeah, I just watched it recently, yeah. Okay, I'm going to oh. watch it tonight, so when's it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting watch. Well, here's the, here's a fun thing. Uh, when's the episode for The Hunt going to come out? The Hunt's dropping in the next few days. So you can expect, okay. that, you can expect so that one to drop Tuesday your time, gentlemen. So this isn't going to come out for us yeah, until and, until June. June. <laughs> we're, in the, we're in the middle of a, a theme month where we're just kind of letting loose and picking movies from different genres this month. So, but uh, so this one, you know, it'll be delayed a little bit. But yeah, we're kind of doing a fuck it month because you know, like, who gives a shit? So we well, asked uh, him to plug. Uh, we asked him to plug his podcast, and then he does, and we're like, oh, sorry, this isn't. I totally. Out for- I'm sorry. I totally forgot that. That shows you how in uh, how. Uh, unprofessional we are um, <laughs> well you said i'm in a different time zone but i guess i'm in a different timeline here yeah do we right. want to do we should we redo that so that he can you can jackson you can you can maybe do an ever evergreen plug nah fuck it just leave the last five minutes in okay well as uh, what i was thinking was is that because this is going to come out at a different time than yours do you want to give us you have you seen the movie yet no so you've never seen it Nope. Dustin, have you seen it? The Hunt? Yeah. Yes, yeah. What did you think of it? Eh, I came somewhere in the middle on it. I'm going to say this. I think there's some super fun stuff in it. Uh, Definitely worth a watch. Yeah, it's it's at least something different, that's for sure. Something different, Betty Gilpin. Betty Gilpin. She kills it, yeah. 
Yeah. All right, I'm excited. I think I'll pass on it. <laughs> oh, you like gore? You're a gore whore. Yeah, you're, you're a gore whore. Hey, Jackson, hey. you a gore whore? <laughs> we call yes. James the, the gore whore. He loves, he the, loves gore the gory whore. stuff. Do you yeah. like, uh, what? what's the fucking movie we just did last week? Dead Alive? Yeah, Dead Alive. Have you seen Dead Alive? Yeah, fucking oh. That's the I'm one not... with, uh, we get the lawnmower <laughs> in the house, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah another t- t- Kiwi. Tell me you've seen, um, uh, Bad Taste. Yes, Bad Taste, yeah. Nice. That's, the, that's, the, that's the first Peter Jackson not. film. You've, oh, yeah. Jens, you have to see that. If you liked it alive, you'll love it. Okay, yeah. I'll definitely watch James it. James will love it then. Um, cool, awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, check us out on Instagram, uh, on fuck, iTunes, Spotify, all the things that Jackson said. <laughs> all the things that he said professionally. I just, I just, I just kicked my fuck. foot out. We're on letterboxed. We're on letterboxed now. Ow, I just kicked my foot out and cut my toe like an animal. Uh, so I'm dealing with like that shit. Fuck. Um, yeah. Hey, well, if you want to listen to a more professional podcast, uh, check out Jackson's and we'll see you next week. <laughs>